Welcome to Digital Aspirations in Education from Aspire Technology Partners, a podcast series on education where we discuss technology insights that drive today's K-12 and higher ed transformation. This podcast is sponsored by Cisco. Aspire Technology Partners is a leading systems integrator and Cisco Gold Certified Partner. Please welcome your host, Jared Heiner, Director of Education, Innovation, and Sales at Aspire. So welcome back to the next installment of the Aspire Technology Partners uh, podcast where we're focusing on education. Uh, if you heard us the last time, I was on with uh, Dr. Lance Ford from Cisco, uh, as well as Brian Shalasi, who is also uh, a colleague of mine at Aspire uh, Technology Partners. And I've invited Brian back um, Brian, just as a quick recap, uh, he's a client engagement architect for Aspire. Uh, He specializes in IoT. Previously, he was working as a technical solutions architect for IoT at Cisco. Prior to that, he was a systems engineer at Cisco. And prior to that, he worked in education as an information technology advisor and telecommunications specialist at one of the regional information centers. So we're really, really fortunate to have him with us today because he brings a tremendous amount of experience when it comes to all things education related. And IoT is on the front and center. Brian, how are you? Good, Jared. How are you? I I, I couldn't be better right now. Uh, Although let's let's just cut right to the chase, Brian. We are in the middle uh, of a situation where a lot of folks are working from home, especially in the education field. We've got a pandemic going on and it has changed uh, everything that's going on uh, from a, a technology standpoint and education standpoint, and I'm sure you're probably seeing a lot from the higher education standpoint, the K-12 standpoint, just off the rip, wh- what what are you seeing through your lens? Sure. Yeah, a lot of the focus has uh, shifted to, you know, active projects have shifted to remote workers and, and helping remote workers get access securely to, to resources that they use day to day. So I've actually, uh, I have shifted my focus as well, and I'm helping customers do that. So as an example, uh, an IoT project that I'm working on now with a, uh, a city, um, engaging them and the local school district on connecting students that don't have access today to the, to the internet. So really focus on those types of things, really around connectivity. And Brian, you've probably been engaged with both of these customers at some point in time that the city you were talking about, and obviously the school is in the city. Has this conversation ever come up before, or is it the fact that we are now in a quarantine with a pandemic? Uh, has that really brought this conversation to light? It, it has come up before, and it's always been sort of a nice to have. But now that it's, uh, you know, it's a necessity, uh, it's fast tracking a lot of those projects. And so, Again, I think part of what I want folks to understand is the IoT is this, this magical, almost unicorn term. We like saying it. Uh, it's actually become very marketable. But the reality is, and you've said this before, it really is about data and collecting data and making it useful. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And so in, in this particular time, we're, we're looking at changing in workforce. We're looking at doing business differently. We've left some of those physical structures that we were in. How is data taking a front and center role? And what can I do if I'm working in education, whether it's higher ed or K-12, to say, where is the data? Where am I looking? Right. So uh, today, you know, what we're doing is uh, working with uh, healthcare providers on being able to uh, track uh, COVID uh, um, test cases, and then helping them fast track into see a doctor versus just going to the hospital because they're sick. From from an education perspective, uh, really the the data, some of the data that we've been looking at is 
you know, have we tracked, uh, has the school tracked students that don't have internet access today? Let's take that data and plot that with maybe the city's uh, Esri or any type of uh, map data that they have, and let's plot that and find those areas where we could populate uh, wireless access for coverage for those students. So that's just sort of one example of, of how we're using data to, to solve a problem. And then I, I envision in the future, uh, data is going to become uh, much, more, uh, much more important when actually tracking uh, students that maybe have uh, an ailment uh, or some sort of um, uh, issue, uh, we'll be able to tie these different systems together and make quick decisions versus what we're doing now and kind of uh, kind of rushing these projects along because we're in the midst of a crisis. And it's interesting because the smart city project that you've been working on is something that's been there for a long time. And I think it would surprise people because no one really anticipated, I mean, there were ties into education, but now we're looking at those students that don't have connectivity and how that can be applied to the smart city concept. And once you go down that path, my, would I assume correctly that you're, it's going to be an easier uh, uh, transformation to start supporting those students because you've set this up? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, the, um, you know, the thought now is let's Let's create a uh, separate network for those students. Today, the, the school district fiber optic network is not connected to the city's fiber optic network. So we can accomplish you know, that connectivity through uh, VPN tunnels uh, to make that happen. But uh, yeah, the, uh, now that it's set up and you know, they could use it day to day or turn it back on if there is another crisis. And so I'm going to go back to the, the piece of the equation that I always go back to having worked in education. We only tend to, and this is for most industries, we, we, we tend to solve the problems that are sitting right in front of us. And if someone had said to me when I was working as an IT director in a school, hey, you know what, uh, let's go have a conversation with uh, the city uh, and see what we could potentially you know, leverage that conversation isn't going to go too far. You've probably had more experiences, uh, you know, with your role here at Aspire uh, Technology Partners, being able to go out and say, hey, here's how we engage. Here's how we connect. So my question for you is, how does that process start? Because it's a big leap unless you're sitting in front of a pandemic. Right. So, you know, it's all about having a multi-service network architecture and multi-service data platforms. So that when I do, maybe I'm solving a problem day one, and then I do have an issue like the coronavirus, I can just kind of, uh, of course, have planning up front that you know I have in, in place that I'm preparing for this type of uh, issue that we're in today. But I want to be able to take that multi-service architecture and data platform and be able to solve other problems with it versus starting from the ground up. So that's sort of our approach when we work with a customer, when we go into a city, for instance, and maybe the day one, really, the issue is connecting their, their police department for some of the tasks that, that they're doing. But when we build it out, let's make sure that we can use that same infrastructure for other use cases like student access. And you'd also be able to then help assist when those times actually occur, when we're saying we need to bring another organization, whatever it is in, you know, we want to make sure that we're being mindful of data protection. We want to be mindful of cybersecurity. You can cover all of that. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's one of the, the core components. That's one of the first components that we tackle before getting into any uh, sort of solution. It's one, 
understand what the business outcomes are, what's important to the customer. And then we start with security and build from there. So that's very much a K-12 environment. And one of the projects I know you worked on previously was the connected bus. And again, here's another instance where the idea was providing students the ability to have access to the internet and ultimately their, their, their classwork uh, if they had to sit on a bus for a long period of time. But are we starting to see those buses being pushed into the community and used as access points? We are, yes. So uh, we have a couple of school districts now that uh, they're deploying them in, in those neighborhoods where they have a pocket of uh, students without connectivity. And then the bus is equipped with a Cisco router with a 4G connection and then gives the area Wi-Fi in that area. And then they use the 4G to get either back to the school or directly to the Internet. And so that's ultimately still getting filtered by the school and all of the, uh, the policies and essentially that the schools identified are still in place. Correct. Right. Depending on the district and what they have in place and what the budget is, we can filter, you know, create a connection back from the bus to the school and filter at the school. Or we could use something like Cisco Umbrella and then do uh, filtering right at the, the bus when they go out to the Internet. So if I'm working as a superintendent, for example, and I say, you know what, I'm interested. I know these things exist. I've got to start budgeting. Maybe I've got a one year, three year, five year uh, plan in place. And now is the time to start saying, geez, how are we doing things differently? Because it could happen again. Do you have a process that you can walk me through? Because I'm going to reach out and I'm going to say, OK, let, you know, I know that you can essentially help me brainstorm, but uh, are you going to be able to help walk me through from a financial perspective to understand? Because we all know I'm going to be making investments uh, every single year to invest in my IT. But are you going to be able to help walk me through what this looks like to expand into that world of IoT? Sure, absolutely. And uh, I mean, if it's specific to what we're doing with the coronavirus today, if we're prepping for that, right, I would go back and definitely do a lessons learned. What what did we encounter when we when we did went through this uh, pandemic? But then also, um, you know, what can we do differently? And then if we do put something in place, what other problems can we solve in it? Right, rather than build something just for the the pandemic, but we could definitely we walk through everything from the business outcomes, the the lessons learned, and then what does that solution look like? What else can it be used for? And then of course, put together the budget. So, and, and that's and that's great to know because again, we've had this conversation before on the last podcast when we brought uh, Dr. Ford in. You know, it's really hard to look at the silos that have been created in any organization, try and pull them together. It's a very difficult task. Uh, and so again, having a partner out there that, that's been down that road, you've worked in education, I've worked in education, you've worked in IOT, you know, we're, we're focusing on these pieces. I, I think that's hugely helpful. Um, from a higher ed standpoint, I'm going to transition here. Obviously campuses, they shut down, folks went home. What are some of the biggest obstacles that, that really stood up in terms of uh, all of a sudden our students are remotely learning what, what could colleges uh, have done differently and what should they be thinking about in the future? I would say go back to your business continuity plan uh, and not really focus on any specific technologies, but go back to your business continuity plan, do that lessons learned uh, and see what needs to be adjusted there and then start talking about solutions. From an IoT perspective, I'm sure that a lot of the higher ed institutions wish they had access, remote access, and remote monitoring to a lot of the systems that they have when their staff were offsite and doing a lot of this from home and to keep people from coming into the university. 
So from a facilities and IoT perspective, um, that's something that I think going forward after the pandemic's over, we'll be addressing with a lot of customers. And and you just uh, touched on something interesting, whether it's higher ed or K-12 facilities. Uh, We know IoT is really a a, a big chunk of that is taking the facilities piece and tying it together with the technologies piece. Talk a little bit more about some of the latest and greatest from a facility standpoint. I know there's lots of different monitors out there. I mean, the the pandemic alone has brought us to a place where we're starting to see sensors for germs, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there's, uh, and I think we'll see a lot more of them, right? Not only for, uh, for germs, but also just patient health monitoring. Uh, does somebody have a fever? Are they exhibiting some sort of characteristic that goes along the lines with a certain uh, virus? Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, the technology exists. It's just what makes sense for uh, the customer and what, what we're trying to solve, the problem we're trying to solve. The um, From a facilities perspective, there's, I would say the a lot of the quarantine type technologies or coronavirus type technologies that's still uh, to be determined. There's a lot out there for everything from just a sensor to a, to a video analytic. But I always go back to, you know, what do you have in, in place today? You know, what's the problem? Um, and then let's try to solve these, these specific problems rather than creating these silos with all of the, all of these different, uh, different sensors. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the, some of the things that we're doing in facilities is just basic connectivity. I mean, a lot of these systems aren't connected at all. Um, once they're connected, now we can start gathering data from those systems and uh, bringing them into maybe a single platform to be able to view this and then do some sort of workflow behind it to notify first responders or notify facilities. So it's about the connectivity and then the, and then the workflow and the data that we're gathering. It almost sounds a lot like originally the idea was how do we create networks for our individual structures? This really is a mind shift, right? We're, we're no longer building infrastructure for our organization, but basically to connect anything and everyone. Right. I mean, if you think about it, networks were built to support computers, right? Computers and, and maybe servers uh, back in the day. And that's kind of where we focus. But with IoT, we're really bringing on all of these different sensors. I mean, if you think about any problem uh, that a organization, whether it's K-12 or higher ed experiences, there's some sort of technology and connected sensor behind that that could solve that problem. And, you know, now we're adding those to the network. And, and really, that's, uh, that's something where we really need to focus on, on security more so now than, than ever because we are kind of broadening that uh, threat landscape with all of these connected devices. And uh, there's a lot of um, technologies that organizations have today. Uh, they just need to be configured to, to be able to secure those environments. And then there's new technology. An example of that is uh, Cisco has taken uh, an acquisition uh, that they did approximately a year ago uh, with a company called Centrio. And now they have made a sensor, uh, much like the next generation firewall, firepower firewall, but it's in a sensor that can go in ruggedized environments and it knows about these uh, industrial protocols versus what we would see in standard firepower firewall. And we tie those systems together and now you have a comprehensive sort of security overview of your enterprise side of the network and then also the uh, facilities or operations side of the, the network. So those are the things that, that we think about and talk about and um, put them in place and make that part of the, the organization's security strategy. 
because it won't be, if you're not doing anything today with connected thermostats or your door access controls connected to the network, or your building management controls, you will be. That's coming. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but we want to make sure that we're putting the same focus on security as we are in the enterprise space, in the, in the operation space. Uh, and you made a great point, Brian. You said this stuff's coming one way or the other. It, it's it's going to be here. Uh, it almost sounds to me like I need to start preparing for this because I'm going to be the person who ends up uh, running an organization that has too many, uh, you, you know, dashboards or too many uh, kind of uh, siloed systems. And I'm going to probably put myself in a situation where I'm overworking uh, my staff and, and I'm not going to be as efficient as I want. So it really it's almost the planning needs to happen now. Exactly. And there's no, yeah, I couldn't imagine the, the manufacturers of some of these sensors and application uh, developers uh, are really going to take advantage of using the, the quarantine as an opportunity. Uh, And, and that's where we see uh, organizations with all of these systems that don't talk to one another. Uh, A lot of that exists today. I see it all the time, Uh, but it's just, really having a, a trusted partner that you can go to and kind of lead you through that process and make sure that you're making the correct decisions. There's not one sort of management platform or, or operation dashboard uh, that um, an organization can use for everything. If there's a company out there saying that, then it's not a, uh, uh, you know, a really great solution. You're always going to have a couple of different kind of go-to platforms. But the trick is is to minimize that and to make sure that it's easy to use and that they integrate. And at the end of the day, again, I go back to you know what's the problem we're trying to solve? Can those can those systems uh, solve a particular problem working together? Well, and I'm glad to hear you say that. Obviously, you and I both know that Aspire has the mantra, you know, we power business and education transformation. Uh, you know, and and moving in the direction that's initially the strategic goal of the organization is what it's all about, right? Your technology is supposed to support those initiatives and move you forward. And so I think that uh, to your point, we don't want to sidetrack things by heading down a different path. We want to continue down the path of that business transformation, that education transformation by having, uh, again, a plan in place that's that's really being mindful. And so my 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 question to you is this. One of the biggest issues that we see, the biggest push has been the energy consciousness uh, around uh, higher ed and K-12s. How can we become more energy conscious? Now, here we have a situation where we're seeing lots of budgets being impacted. And so I think a lot of folks are going to take that energy uh, initiative and put it on the sideline. What's your recommendation for maintaining that using the budget that you have uh, in light of the fact that these times have changed and it could get tighter? Right. So it's all about getting, when we're talking about the energy savings, it's about getting in early on any type of existing initiatives or uh, maybe something that's coming. Uh, you already have a set budget. And again, going back to the, the planning piece, getting a partner like Aspire in there to go through and take a look at you know, what is being proposed and then where can we, have the, where can we save on uh, some of those efficiencies. So whether it's um, installing a traditional light today that might not be LED, uh, maybe we look at doing LED with a um, connectivity back to the network so we can get data from that and report on the energy savings. And then anytime we, and if it's just a energy savings project and I do have budget for something, but I'm not going to retrofit a lot of the systems that I have, 
then maybe it's just a platform that we bring in to to look at just calculating my energy savings um, or maybe controlling uh, PCs or monitors and making sure they're shut off at night. But there's a lot of uh, energy grants that are available to these organizations that we could go after on their behalf and then bring them in. And when we do that, not only do we get the funding to pay for the platform, but a lot of times there's also funding available to play, uh, pay for more energy efficient solutions, whether that be uh, you know, lighting in, in a building or uh, connected controls within a building or something like that. So there is, uh, there is money available. It's just about you know knowing what's available and then putting together the request for that uh, for that funding. So and, and again, I think it's important to know that because one of the first obstacles is, hey, if I'm going to do anything different, I've got to have funding for it. Uh, that's going to be the first in edu- educational setting, whether it's higher ed or K twelve. That's the first thing everybody says. I'm not going to have money for that, especially if it's something new. But uh, to know that there's potentially funding resources out there and that you're aware of them and you can bring them to me help solve a tremendous uh, problem. Now, I'm going to sit here and say, wait a second, you're telling me about all these different sensors. You're telling me about how they come together. Uh, I think it's worth knowing that, again, it's not pie in the sky. Uh, Aspire actually has IoT labs that they've that you've built in conjunction with Cisco. Can you tell me a little bit about those labs and what I might see if I'm coming in from an education uh, uh, industry? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, we have two great labs, one in Albany, New York, that's co-located with the Capital Region BOCES. And in that lab, we're able to show smart city technologies. We're able to show some connected building technologies. Uh, we can show uh, the security and the network infrastructure around those technologies. And then we have access to dashboards as well to show you more of the data side of things. And we've taken, uh, we've taken what we're doing in that lab and our lab in... Uh, Eatontown, New Jersey. We're able to uh, do the same that we're able to do in the Albany Lab. We have a bit more space there, uh, so we're building out some new use cases as well. Uh, one of the things that we're working on today that's very, um, very exciting, and it's going to be in both labs, is the uh, connected roadway. So being able to take data from vehicles and make decisions based on uh, the data that we're that we're gathering. Uh, that's uh, that's something that's in the works. And uh, what we've done, too, is uh, we're actually starting to create IoT managed services that are hosted in the cloud as well. So both of our labs connect back and then we can show what we can do from managed services perspective. Uh, Everything from uh, street lighting to indoor POE lighting to vape sensors for K-12 and higher ed and uh, security, video security and video analytics as well. And, and so that leads me right down. To the, I like to think of things very plainly as I'm, bu- I'm building a new building here. Here's the blueprint. Let's go crazy. But the reality is we're probably going to be uh, an organization. Again, we have multiple buildings. We have multiple uh, access points. We've got multiple types of switches. We've got all kinds of stuff that's been around. We've repurposed it. Uh, you know, in some cases, it's been band-aided. Uh, are, are you going to look at me and say, this has all got to be, you know, uniform? Or is there a way to bridge all these different pieces together? Because I still want to be energy efficient, but is am I going to run out of uh, uh, runway when I find out that all of a sudden, you know, I'm not uh, uniform in, in my, my network? Right. I, we, we wouldn't be in business if that was the approach that we took, right? I mean, we want, we don't want to spend money to spend money, right? We want to be able to have the, the district or organization be able to take advantage of what they've already implemented. Um, so that's, uh, that's a, definite, uh, a definite no. 
But uh, what we will do is go through as we're going through and building out the architecture. If we do see things that, hey, whether it's a security vulnerability or uh, the product, you know, you are plugging more important things into these uh, devices now. Uh, maybe it's no longer under uh, warranty, right? Or you can't get uh, new software updates because of it. You know, depending no matter what the technology is, uh, we we will go through and help the customer through that through that process. But to rip everything out and replace it, uh, that's um, that's an injustice to the customer. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And again, when we start looking at some of these systems and what they've been doing, uh, there's there's a value and a validity to why they're there in the first place. And it's not just as simple as seeing if there's a replacement. Uh, it may not be the case. Um, I'm going to ask you. Uh, 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 I'm going to throw you a curveball here uh, as we start getting to the end. We are in the middle of very difficult time right now. Everything has changed. Uh, we've got folks that are no longer on campuses. We've got professors that are using multiple tools. We've got students that are home. Uh, it, it's everything's changed. Take a take a guess. What are we going to walk away from this scenario uh, and say we need to keep this, or you know, we need to be mindful? What's the best practice? What do we learn from this scenario when it comes to uh, IoT and and what we should be looking at? Yeah. So. If I'm in a, if I'm a, I'll just put on the the hat of a, a superintendent or an IT director within within a school district as an example. You know, I'm going to go back and say, you know, what was my plan if something like this happened? Um, whether it was a virus or the school, you know, burnt down, right? What was my plan to continue the learning for the the students and have you know having the teachers accessible and administrative staff accessible? And if I didn't have a plan or the plan was never tested, I'm going to start there. I'm going to go back and I'm going to create that, make sure that plan is bulletproof. And then I'm going to make sure that, you know, twice a year, three times a year, I'm testing that plan. Uh, technologies that I see being deployed today that I think will stick around. One, I mean, we've been, both of us have been busy with, uh, with WebEx and getting customers onboarded with WebEx, right? Uh, I think those will stay. I mean, given the the price uh, that maybe a school, a K twelve school district would pay, and the the um, the options that are out there for them, and I think that's going to stick around. I know with a lot of uh, first responders that I've been working with, being able to do the the briefings, uh, you know, to their staff or to the public over video um, has been very beneficial, and I think that technology will stay. Uh, and then a lot of organizations too are taking advantage of um, you know the the ability to implement some sort of um, security that they didn't have before as part of projects to ramp up for the quarantine because I am adding more devices to my network whether it's uh, remote or on site uh, and then they realize that hey the more devices that I add I need to make sure that my my security is in place. So that there's an opportunity there as well, where we had customers um, deploy things like Umbrella, like Cisco StealthWatch, and I think those will stay in place as well. And you know, everything from uh, remote uh, VPN connectivity to site-to-site uh, -site VPN with remote worker-type um, appliances, I think those will will stick around as well. Well, and you, you've you've certainly brought up a, a tremendous amount to think about and digest. And I think your point ultimately about data, uh, again, higher ed, K-12, it, it's the game has entirely changed. The idea of searching for data becomes hugely important because 
folks can't see each other physically and we've, we've, you know, left the buildings that we're in. So how do we monitor those buildings? Uh, you know, that's, that's going to be a big question moving forward to your point. We need to have a plan in place. Uh, we also need to be able to connect whether it's socially, emotionally, uh, or academically with the students. And to your point that you just made, we need to be able to secure that. Uh, and so I, I think that you've hit the nail on the head and, uh, you know, just bluntly, it's always fun to uh, have these conversations. Uh, we both uh, were, were at Cisco and came to Aspire Technology Partners simply because we could have these conversations and really dig in and roll up our sleeves. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, again, uh, power uh, education transformation. And uh, it, it's exciting. And I, I can't wait to have you back to, to talk further. Excellent. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, Brian. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Digital Aspirations in Education podcast. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode from Aspire Technology Partners. Digital Aspirations in Education is brought to you by Aspire Technology Partners, a premier technology solutions and services provider designing, implementing, delivering, and managing digital infrastructure and IoT solutions to enable transformational educational outcomes creating more agile and efficient IT environments that deliver differentiated customer experiences for your organization. To learn more about Aspire Technology Partners, visit AspireTransforms.com or email us at podcast at AspireTransforms.com. <laughs>